Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exist, to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim, and I am the senior pastor at Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario. And I'm Marshall, and I'm the associate pastor at NBC. In Stratford, Ontario. In Stratford, Ontario, Canada. With Radio Voice. Ontario. Yeah, Ontario. And we're headed to three services. Yeah, we are. How you feeling about that? It's a thing. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's daunting, but it's good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like it's 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 good that we have to do that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the second service this week, uh, I I sat back on the pew in the foyer, just sort of leaned back, and Gord goes, "And next week you'll be ready for the third one, right?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. yeah, it's going to be a big thing, but it's it's such a great thing, right? Like things are clearing up, things are, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I see. I I'm not preaching for another like three weeks, so I have time to mentally prepare myself. Get your endurance up for preaching a sermon three times in one morning. Yeah, I don't know what it'll be like. Yeah. You want to say that this whole like this is an effect of the opening, and you want to draw those spring-like connections, mm-hmm. except that it snowed. Yeah, <laughs> I woke up this morning, and Lindsay's like, "Look out the window," and I look out the window. I really didn't know how to feel about it. So I <laughs> I know yesterday yeah. we had some flurries. Yeah, it was kind of like that that wet. You seemed stuff. a little bit ang not I won't say like disappointed but angry at yeah, the flurries. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Flurrying to the point that I could hear it hitting mm. the roof, it was weird. Mm-hmm. How did you feel this morning? I I almost cuz I got up pretty early. I almost sent you a text that said don't look outside. <laughs> you know, it was more of like this acceptance of like, okay, here it is now. I think yesterday when it was like, it was, I saw the flurries. I was like, oh no, here we go. I don't like winter. And then this morning it was just like, well, can't do anything about it. It's here. So got the snow brush out, brushed the car off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Candace actually sent me pictures. Ayla made her first snowman today. Aww. Yeah. There was enough, there was enough falling that they got a, a decently sized snowman. Yeah. Yeah, it was taller than Ayla anyways. Yeah, my kids were excited. They were got up, got dressed, ran out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm probably the same way. Mm-hmm. It the first snow is fun, but by March. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. And I've been in Canada I can't believe it. I've been in Canada ten years now. Wow. And I still have people ask the question, you know, Oh, you're from the south, how you like winter? These are my stock answers. I don't complain about it any more than you do. <laughs> because as much as Canadians want to tease me about being from the South and having to go through winter, mm-hmm. Canadians complain about winter the whole time. Oh, yeah. It's not like because of who we are, we just love this. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> or I will say I like it more than you do because I stick around for it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, they all go to Florida or whatever. Because sometimes the people that tease me, they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, I don't remember winter because I haven't been here in a while. <laughs> yeah, I see my thing, Tim, is that like I don't really do any winter activities. Mm-hmm. Like I don't own a snowmobile. I don't ski. I don't snowboard. Mm-hmm. I'm not into any of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, there's just it. 
winter for me is just a narrowing of my options. <laughs> so I don't like it. I agree. <laughs> I agree. All right. So this week we're on question 45. That's correct. Last week we did question 44. That makes sense. Because we're doing them in order. Right. And we can count. That's great. And even if we couldn't, <laughs> the book has it all lined out for us. It's, yeah. It's in very order. Help, very helpful. Right. Starts with one. <laughs> Ends with 52. It's great. Yeah. Although I say that, starts with one, ends with 52. This is 45. I know, man. I don't want to do math on the air, but. That's close. That's close. <laughs> wow. And then the history podcast. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I am too. It's going to be good. Last week's episode we did with uh, Martin. That's right. Who came in to give a. Uh, a different perspective. And I'll say this. I had someone reach out to me this week and say that that podcast was in a way a mending of relationships for them. Interesting. Because of differences that they had with someone over the uh, the concept. Um, so, and, and they used an interesting word mm. that I think is going to work its way into this week's question, mm-hmm. which is... Not the word, the question. Oh. That's, it, I'm passing the cue on to you. <laughs> is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? Why does it matter? Um, well, it matters because, well, there are passages that connect baptism and washing sins, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we have to wrestle with that, right? For example, Acts twenty two sixteen, And now why do you wait, rise and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name? And, uh, you know, Jesus talks about being born of water and of spirit in order to see the mm-hmm. kingdom, right? So there's these these passages and then some Christian traditions, which we kind of touched on a bit last week, but kind of claim that the water effectually cleanses us from sin, right? So, so how do we wrestle with that, right? right? Some people are saying, no, look at this verse. This is why this is true. This is why baptism actually saves you. And mm-hmm. that's something that we need to be able to handle. Yeah. And and I would I would say, just to quickly handle one of those, when the Bible talks about born of water, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean baptism. Yeah, I would also agree. It, it could also mean born yeah. of flesh. Yeah. Natural birth. Yes. There's water involved. There is. <laughs> there is. Uh, so that's why it matters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a discussion that has to be had. Yep. We have to... It becomes then pivotal for salvation. If mm-hmm. it is true mm-hmm. that a person is forgiven their sin in baptism, then those people who aren't baptized aren't saved. Potentially, yeah. And right. and Martin kind of mentioned this yesterday that he said some some of those some of those traditions might have some kind of caveat along the lines, right? The the doctrine of exceptions, I think you called it, <laughs> right. right? Where it's like, well, theoretically, you know, if you mm-hmm. couldn't have ever been baptized, maybe it's maybe it's okay, right? Like thief on the cross, okay, maybe maybe that's fine. But I mean, essentially, but they would say like but in a very broad and general sense, baptism is when you're saved. Right? right. That is what that is what it does. And the, so like Roman Catholic tradition, Eastern Orthodox, some Lutherans, some Anglicans, Mormons, Church of Christ. That's mm-hmm. that's their that's their jam, right? Right. There's nuance there, right? Like the ways just like there's nuance in the way that um, you know, we view baptism and how it's appropriately how it's appropriately done is gonna be different than what, you know, Martin 
believes even within these different traditions, there is some nuance, Mm -hmm. but ultimately they all kind of put the effectual cleansing of sin as, as happening at baptism, which is, well, we're going to get into why we might disagree with that. Yeah. I I would say we've already segued into the, how it goes wrong Mm -hmm. and it goes wrong in that people give it that weight. Yeah. Right. People give it the weight that this ceremonial cleansing is the actual cleansing. Mm hmm. Um, and that without it, one is not cleansed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what it does improperly is it overemphasizes the external over the internal, right? And this is a thing that like people of religious traditions have wrestled with forever. I mean, even think of Jesus, right? When he's kind of contending with the Pharisees, and he's like, you know, you guys are all you guys wash the outside of the cup. Mm-hmm. But inside the cup, it's all nasty, right? Right, right. That the, there's this over um, overemphasis on the external expression of things, how things appear, what you can see, and a neglect of what is internal. Mm-hmm. And I think the doctrine of baptismal genera- regeneration, those who kind of promote that, that's what that's what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. saying this this thing, this event that we can see and touch and feel, that is the thing. Um. Or that that is so intricately connected with the spiritual thing, it's inseparably connected with that to a point that's just unhealthy. Right. Right. And, and I think people would be surprised in, in some circles to hear Baptist talk this way. Yes. Yeah, the have. idea is often like, well, you have Baptist in your name, mm-hmm. so you must believe that baptism is something that is effectual, a, mm-hmm. a greatest act. I would say the better history on how Baptists got their name is not that they chose to say, call us the Baptists because we put so much emphasis on baptism, but rather to say at a point of confessional baptism, becoming the identifying marker Mm. of, uh, of the faith and the way it was practiced, the name gets applied to. Yeah. Right. And then at that point you're like, well, people are going to call me that. Yeah. I might as well call myself that. Yeah. I think the other the other thing with the with those who believe that the the water effectively washes away the sins, you can get into some weird stuff doctrinally about the water itself, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. This concept of holy water, like this right. water is special water. This isn't just H two O. This is something different because right. of what it does, um, and that's again just I mean it creates all sorts of of issues. What makes that water holy? How and how holy does the person who blesses that water have to be in order for it to be legitimately holy? And what if they're you know, we talked about a scenario about a, a priest in Michigan who, you know, watched a video about his own baptism and realized that the the priest who had done jumbled his the baptism words, yeah. had jumbled the words, right? So is the water then not proper water and then his baptism invalid? It's this whole thing that that had to become this conversation and he had to get like, you know, some consolation from some archbishop above him saying, mm-hmm. no, no, you're good. Yeah. And they, and it was a, there was a huge deliberation about it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it wasn't like it was just like, no, 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 you're good. Right. It was, sure. there was a, a committee formed. <laughs> That's how big it was. It was committee size, committee yeah. formed. Everybody's got to work their way through it, but you're right. So not only does it, does it come down to what about the water? Then it comes down to the, to the person administering it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Is the person that is administering this 
worthy of administering a baptism Mm -hmm. because now it's sacramental. It is an expression, a a dispensation of grace Mm -hmm. to this person. Mm -hmm. And so are they worthy of dispensing that grace? And, And not only is it about then the water and the person, but you can get into the place. We've already talked about the words that are said. All of this becomes more akin to an incantation. Sure. Like a magic spell. Yeah. Yeah. And and loses entirely the idea of Philip saying, there's water. What hinders you from being baptized? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I and, agree. And, and in that, you used an interesting word. The word that I've coming back to okay validation Mm. is it a valid baptism right and i i think the idea of arguing for someone's baptism being valid comes back to that Hmm. is baptism effectual right i know that there are still baptists who would argue about validity of baptisms Mm. even though they would say it's an outward expression of an inward working Mm mm-hmm they would ask questions like, if the dad whose laity baptizes his children, mm-hmm. some churches like to do that, right? Mm-hmm. A child comes to Christ and dad baptizes them. Mm-hmm. Is that valid or does it need to be the pastor? Oh, right. I see what you're right? saying. Right? Yeah. Or yeah. if the associate pastor Uh-oh. <laughs> baptizes someone. Oh, no. Uh, but he's not the senior. That's right. Maybe he doesn't have a seminary degree. Is Yet. it a valid baptism? <laughs> uh, it happened at church camp. Sure. Yeah. Is it a valid baptism? Right, right. They were part of a home church, and they just went in the backyard into the swimming pool. Hmm. Is it a valid baptism? Right. I, I, think, I think you can only argue validity, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and I, I know that there are Baptists who would disagree and say, no, there is... There is best practice. Yeah, that's different. Than, that's a different question than validity. And we and we would we would encourage our church. I would encourage our church. I would say, well, when your small group has someone come to Christ, mm-hmm. I know you might be excited to run out in the backyard, dunk them in the pool, call it a baptism. That's great. I, I would say that's not best practice. Mm-hmm. Doing it in the church before the congregation is best practice. I would agree. Yeah. But I'm not going to call it invalid. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I no. think that's going too far. Yeah, totally. And I, I think the argument of the validity mm-hmm. or the invalidity of a baptism gets into the effectual argument. Yeah. I think there's one aspect, there is one aspect that makes a baptism valid, in my view, and that is contingent upon the faith of the person being baptized. And so for me, and this might shock a few people who are listening, I've technically been baptized twice. Right. Um, I wasn't baptized as an infant, but I was baptized as a young child. And uh, attending a church with my mom that was, uh, uh, they got really excited about a lot of things. And one of the things (laughs) they got excited about was just baptizing a whole ton of people. So essentially, they just kind of, all the kids in the children's ministry who hadn't already done it. They just lined you up. There was no real profession of faith. Nobody asked me any questions about what I believed or anything like that. And I mean, I was, I was churched to some degree. Um, but you know, looking back, I realized that, you know, my, there was nothing, there was no real genuine spiritual rebirth in my life prior to that, or even after that for like a decade. And so then I was, I was baptized at the age of 20. 
mm-hmm. maybe 21 actually now that I think about it anyways um after I had come to faith right so I yeah. would view that first baptism as invalid not because of the way it was done not even because of the thought theology of that church but because it was not an outward expression of an inward work mm-hmm. it was just doing a thing right? yeah so that's, I, I know this joke is going to miss on 95 percent right of a listening audience yeah. which is a hard figure to get to when you have one listener. <laughs> but when you were doing that, saying that whole uh, Duncan, all the kids and of enthusiasm, I just had that m- meme of Oprah Winfrey and <laughs> baptism for you and a baptism for you, you and baptism. you get a baptism and you get a baptism. If you look under your chair, you'll find a baptismal robe. Uh, yeah. So it was, but that, I, it was to, it, but the, it was not far from that. Oh, look, my wife is calling during the podcast again. Hey, that hasn't happened in months. I know. I know. Uh, but but I, I want to spend some time on that because mm-hmm. I, I think that that's really common. Like mm-hmm. your, your story among people who grew up in church is profoundly common. Mm-hmm. And so I was baptized at the age of nine. Okay. And the church that I was in... Uh, baptized children, not because we were Baptists, but because children were coming forward, uh, confessing Christ, signing the card, and being baptized. Okay. And then, then came the youth years when exploring your own self, Mm -hmm. those sort of youthful rebellions come about, and also what comes about is church camp. Yeah. And on Thursday night of church camp, things get crazy. People are sleep deprived. <laughs> They've been in the sanctuary three times a day yeah, for four days now. Mm-hmm. And the pastor does the whole, if you were to die right now, three, do you know where you would go? Two, would you go to heaven? One, or would you go to hell? If you died right now. <laughs> And there's the flood <laughs> to the stage. All these peop- people, oh, kids doing things like, I'm I'm never going to do anything wrong ever again. <laughs> and a lot of rededications. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of my friends baptized a second time saying, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was getting into the first time. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean it the first time. Now I really mean it. Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of people ask me about that. I remember being 15 in one of those scenarios and watching that taking place Mm -hmm. and thinking to myself, is it that I didn't mean it? Or is it that I just wasn't aware of the extent of my need for salvation Mm -hmm. and the extent of the glory of the grace being given to me Mm -hmm. and praying to God, listen, really, it doesn't matter to me if it was then or now, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm yours. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I never did that. Mm -hmm. I think my brother might have, I don't know for sure, but he, he's our, he's our, one of our one listeners. He can text me and let me know. Mm -hmm. Uh, but but seeing that happen over and over again, I've had people come and say, hmm. I was baptized, but now I see it different. 
that's just maturation. Sure, sure. In in a in some instances, like mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying yeah you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. In some instances, it should have. Some instances, it's parent pleasing. Sure. Yeah. Right or pastor pleasing. Yeah. Um, but in some instances, it's it's just the product of growth and maturation. Yeah. That we we become more keenly aware of our need for salvation mm-hmm. and want to make that statement in a new way. Sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, the the hard truth is that if if you had met me at 18, 19 years old, 17, 18, 19 years old, there was nothing about my mm-hmm. life that would have indicated that I was, there was no, there was just nothing. Right. I, I wasn't just as bad as the world. I was amongst the worst. So for me, I was, I, I was spiritually dead. I, I was churched, but not, not regenerated. So for me, yeah, it was, a, but it wasn't an easy decision because I had to have that same reflection of like, okay, yeah, okay, no, this is, this is okay because that was a different thing at a, at a time and it wasn't, it wasn't valid. Not because the way it was done, although I'd say the way it was done was not ideal, um, but because it just wasn't genuine. There was nothing genuine about it. Right. And the the catechism agrees with this. Yeah. Is baptism with water the washing away of sin itself? No. Only the blood of Christ and the renewal of the Holy Spirit can cleanse us from sin. Mm -hmm. In Hebrews, it talks about the sacrifice of Christ as the once and for all sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another thing worth pointing out. Right. Because if Christ is our once and for all sacrifice and receiving him purifies us, then as is taught in Hebrews, we are cleansed. Right. If it is baptism that washes away, then we would, in my opinion, need to be baptized to wash away sin as sin comes about. Right. Because we would not call baptism the once-for-all effectual washing away of sins. Mm-hmm. Um, only only Christ alone can be that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, your thoughts on the uh, how this is how this is worded? Yeah, I mean, I, I I would I would agree with what with essentially what they're saying, right? That this it is the blood of Christ. I mean, if we see, even when we see how it is that the blood of Christ comes to renew us and how the Spirit indwells us, right? There is this expression of faith that is involved that is in, intimately connected with the forgiveness of sins, and even prior to Christ being on the cross in His ministry. I mean, again, like. Before he's crucified, he's forgiving sins on the basis of faith, mm-hmm. right? And those people, uh, just just as a reminder, we've said this before, the people who, who lived and, and died prior to Christ um, on the cross are still saved through that cross. It is once for all, not just once for all since it happened, right. but even once for all for those um, who lived and died in faith before it happened, right? So just, just to kind of be clear, but it's, that is the, that is the connection, right? It's by grace through faith that we're saved, not through an act of obedience, yep. like being baptism, not being baptized. Now that doesn't mean baptism isn't important. We're not trying to nullify the significance of it. Yeah. And I think last week we talked, we talked enough about the fact that it is significant, um, but we just need to view it in its proper place. Yeah, and, and and I think that's the key, right? There are a number of people who are going to say if you're calling baptism a ceremony and mm-hmm. saying that 
that there isn't actually something of an effect taking place, then you're saying it's not necessary. And that's not true at all. That's mm-hmm. not saying that this is a ceremony is not to diminish it. Giving it effect is to raise it above where it should be. Yeah. That's that's the mistake being made. Mm-hmm. The two things we we've been on baptism for a long time. And next week we get on to the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. The two things, after all of these conversations about baptism, that I would draw you to are this. Baptism is a ceremony that is an outward expression of an inward truth, right? Upon our confession of faith, I would argue, that's why we say, you know, upon your public profession of faith, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are... Buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. And ceremonies matter, mm-hmm. especially when they're ceremonies given to us by God himself. Yeah. The second thing that I would say we have to take away from this is we are instructed to baptize, which brings with it the instruction to be baptized. Mm-hmm. It's an act of obedience, mm-hmm. right? So it's not to say that a, per, a believer is not a believer if they haven't been baptized. But not being baptized is practicing a disobedience. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say an unbaptized believer is living in sin and therefore mm. not a believer. Um, no, they're still a believer, but they are living in sin. <laughs> that was, that's how I would say it. I yeah. mean, we all do. T- we all do. I mean, we all still fall short, right? But that is a right. thing that they ought to know better and they ought to Yeah, I, I would I would say I would say it is falling short. Yeah. And so sure. and so therefore under the parameters of Amartea, mm-hmm. what is sin? Mm-hmm. It yeah. Um I I had a woman stop me one time and say that whenever I talk about baptism as an act of obedience, I make her feel like mm-hmm. I don't want her in the church. Mm-hmm. Because she was a longtime believer who didn't want to be baptized. Okay. Uh, sometimes it happens because people are like, I don't get in front of people. And to be baptized, I have to get in front of people. Uh, sometimes it happens because someone's like, I've been in the church for so long. Mm-hmm. I've been working on the kitchen team. I've been in, you know, a Sunday school teacher, all of these things for decades. And at this point, it would just be embarrassing right. to be like, by the way, I was never baptized and I'd like to do that. Right. Um, and so, so there are reasons why people do that. Mm-hmm. I would say the greater majority of the baptisms I have done, easily three-fourths, of the baptisms I've done are people who have been believers for an extended amount of time who say, I didn't understand that this was an act of obedience. Mm. I was told that it was just a thing you could do if you wanted to, Mm -hmm. but you're good to go if you don't. Mm -hmm. And and those people baptized for that reason. And Mm -hmm. so what I would say, if you're listening and you're you're a believer and you're not baptized, um, I would say, see, here's water. Mm -hmm. What hinders you from being baptized? Yeah. It's not about trying to isolate people because of of where they're at thus far. It's about as pastors, it's our responsibility to encourage our people towards holiness and obedience. Mm-hmm. And that is unquestionably 
or baptism is unquestionably included in that realm. And so we would not be doing our job if we didn't encourage people who weren't baptized to be baptized. Absolutely. It's not, it's not trying to, it's not trying to, to put people out. It's not trying to lay the judgment hammer down. It's none of that. It's just, this is what God's called us to do and you ought to do it. And we want to sure. help you help you get there. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. Next time, we are going to talk about communion. Yeah. See you then. Take care. <laughs>